How does it feel to get a billionaire to shit their pants whenever you write or talk? You get laid off and no one gives a shit about you. And and no, I mean, the number one piece of advice I give to like young people is just like, what are you doing? Like with your toes. And she's like, what are you talking about? I looked at a fucking rat. It was a rat and I had Birkenstocks on. I literally stood up and was like, Ugh! like I was freaking, freaking out, freaking out. Hello. All right, before we dive into today's episode with Taylor Lorenz, I know you're so stoked about it, but I have an important announcement that I think you're going to be excited for too. So if you have been listening to Finesse for a while, you know our message is all about encouraging people to finesse it. Whether that's breaking boundaries, starting something new, even if you're not ready, or just asking less for permission and more for forgiveness, (laughs) Finesse is for you. And we created our very, very first merch that's right we have finesse hoodies they say literally finesse on it in a super cute design it's the softest thing i own and it's a badass hoodie that literally says finesse all right so if you identify with the community check it out go to finessepod.com and if you're new to the podcast and you don't really know who finesse is you're here for taylor only i hope you like our vibe and you stick around for more episodes in the future and thank you again to fourth wall for powering our products fourth wall is a site that we use to build our memberships merch everything in one place so if you're a creator you should definitely check them out all right back to this episode with taylor fucking lorenz hi my name is karu hi my name is jade I'm Taylor. And you're listening to Fitness. That was awesome. Thank you so much for your charity work and coming on the Finesse Pod. Like, we feel so honored. Are like, you kidding me? I'm honored. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. I love you guys. We love you too, I guess. We love you too. <laughs> um, for those who don't know, uh, Taylor Lorenz is an icon, a legend. She's a powerful person in the media, digital space. You just came out with a book. Um, What's the book? Extremely Online. Um, it's Extremely Online, colon, Untold Story of Fame, Influence, and Power on the Internet. It's about the rise of the influencer online creator industry. Um, it's like a social history of sort of the rise of social media. Please pre-order it today. Please. Pre-order Pre-order. Pre-order. Below, um, code finesse. <laughs> <laughs> um, how has that journey been, like, writing the book? Like, I know you've been working on it for such a long time. Yeah, it took me two years. I didn't take really much time off work to do it. A lot of journalists will take a year off and just write the book. I did everything on top of my job, uh, which was ultimately kind of a, that was, that was a lot of work. <laughs> but uh, number you better download it guys. <laughs> yeah. Pre-order. Pre-orders are like the only thing that matter in publishing. It's crazy. Um, so yeah, it took me two years, but it's a book that I kind of honestly wanted to write for a while. Mm-hmm. I feel like, um, there, I mean, I've been covering this industry since 2009, and there's been so much that's changed and so much history that's been rewritten by these tech companies. Um, and so I wanted to really sort of put out the definitive history of how this whole industry emerged. And for those who don't know, where do you work and where do you write? Yeah, I, I'm a reporter at the Washington Post, and I cover online culture, internet culture, technology, all of that fun stuff. And I sometimes write freelance magazine features on the side. Like men's health. Yes, I have a story in men's health uh, this month on um, the influencer world, um, sort of AI influencers. I had a feature in Rolling Stone uh, in May about cringe. And so I do that sometimes on top of my regular job. Did you ever write about Chugi? 
I wrote that. I broke that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all we all seen that one. Yeah, it's the article that I you was, searched. Yeah, I was at the New York Times, um, and it's so funny. I've written so many stories over the years about different languages, like yeah. like terms, and I feel like anytime you write that for like a boomer audience, they like lose their mind. Have you done the Riz one? Like Riz? No, and I actually got asked to, and I was like, I can't. I was so Let's busy. talk about Riz. We know you got it like that. <laughs> I wrote about a, um, a bunch of apps called Riz, which are AI dating apps. Oh. Oh. There's three of them. That's a good name for a dating app. Let's yeah. be real. Riz. Yeah. So good. Hilarious. Um, how does it feel to be so powerful? Oh, my God. <laughs> Please tell us more. I mean, like, there, we, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but there's obviously Twitter, Elon Musk. Like, you're just a powerful figure. Like, how does it feel? Like, how does it feel to get a billionaire to shit their pants whenever you write or talk? I know. I think it's so funny that these billionaires get so triggered over me because I'm just <laughs> like, why are you even online as a billionaire? Like, you could literally like do be doing anything like if i was a billionaire that's the last thing i would be doing is like going on twitter and like fighting with like people that are broke like it's <laughs> <laughs> funny like that yeah. Um. but yeah it's it's been crazy i mean i think a lot of people um like don't understand how journalism works and, and billionaires especially elon and other sort of VCs in Silicon Valley, like they just, they resent anybody that reports on them, which I totally get to a point. Like I do, I do, I've been on the other side mm. and I've had negative press and it sucks. And like, you see how journalists do have a lot of power to like shape people's, the narrative about people's life. And I think that's fucked up. I'm glad for social media where like people can respond to stuff. But at the same time, most journalists are just doing their jobs. And like, I always try and be really responsible with my articles yeah. and like make sure everything's accurate, you know? I mean, and by the way, for those who don't know, uh, Elon blocked Taylor on Twitter for a minute How he minute? banned me yeah he banned me and then the reason for that he banned me he came up with this bullshit reason that i was promoting my instagram mm -hmm. and so then he made this rule that like you can't promote your instagram which is actually illegal to do that in your the, because of european uh laws you cannot do that so he had to reverse it and i got back on what's so funny is there was this article that came out and i was like scrolling through twitter and it says taylor taylor ranch was right all along right yes <laughs> oh my gosh how was that it was hilarious well this this website um called the spectator that's like a british news organization this horrible woman writes for it who had like taken a bunch of quotes that i had given about the hype house actually out of context <laughs> and so random and they wrote this like really horrible people that uh, story about me that was like the problem with taylor lorenz and and it was this was like in 20 it was the most delusional and half the stuff in the article was just like lies and I was like whatever bad press like I don't care I'm used to that so I just ignored it and then randomly out of the blue they write this story like three years later the headline is literally Taylor Lorenz was right or long it was like a total vindication and I was like okay, okay. Oh. <laughs> do you believe like all bad press is good press like that quote like is that something that resonates with you or no you know I, I I people always ask me that because I think as a reporter I, I honestly do think it rings pretty true mm. um in the sense that hey, it, let's make a scandal video. <laughs> <laughs> but the scandal there are certain types of scandals that people can't come back from like I think that's overwhelmingly true if it's like silly things or even if you get a bad press cycle like sometimes a bad press cycle can make you infamous and like you know, mm -hmm. I I did Anna Delvey's podcast recently. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> yeah, she's such a fascinating person. You but better? I mean, um, well, only on Zoom, Zoom. because I ah, I couldn't Zoom. go back to New York. I know. 
but she she's also on house arrest. Yeah, um, yeah. And go, <laughs> <laughs> she's in love with a criminal. Yeah. But like you know, I just thought it was so interesting because I think she's someone that's really been able to take this like extremely negative press cycle about her and kind of like build her personal brand. Yeah. And so I think if you insane. navigate it well, it's fine. But I think then there's other people that don't navigate it well and it ruins their career. Okay. So let's film a sex video. <laughs> <laughs> you and me. You don't even. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, on the topic of um, internet culture, what's your favorite Ocean Gate meme? Do you have one? Oh my god, I love <laughs> I love the TikTok that shows the sub actually imploding. Have you seen that? Yes. There's like this science video that shows like here's how it actually imploded. I was watching that on loop. Like, oh my god. <laughs> Do you have a favorite one? Um, God, it's it's the one where they keep putting out the Logitech. Um, control. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's just gnarly. It is insane. It's so funny. I'm I'm sorry. Like it's so it's bad. So bad. But, like, but it's so funny. But like <laughs> when he pulled out the shitty game controller, I was just like, "Are you serious?" Also, billionaires are going on that. Like, if I was a bill, once again, if I was a billionaire, <laughs> like, could you like maybe upgrade your systems a little bit? Like, I paid a quarter of a million again, dollars. This for whole this. podcast is just. If I was a billionaire, billionaire. Being, like, let me tell you what I would do as a billionaire. <laughs> Not get in the Titanic sub. It's like, oh. no, it's like the more money, the more delusional. Yeah. <laughs> right. so no, it's so true. Well, honestly, though, that's how it works. Um, my favorite meme is when fi the fi the sharks ordered their Five Guys order. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the like P fake PSA that was like, stop, do not go in the ocean. And it was just like a... a like list of all the bad things that have been happening, like with the orcas yeah. and like, you know, I feel like the ocean is taking a lot of revenge on us right now, maybe for climate change. <laughs> <laughs> it's seizing control. It is. Mother but, Nature is not happy. But have you seen the conspiracies of Ocean Gate? No. Oh my God. Well, allegedly. I mean, like people were saying like, how would five billionaires who are obviously smart, like, you know, hopefully, um, oh, choose right. to go on this ride? Like what if it's a way to clear their name, you know, die on paper so they can have a new identity? No, I don't believe that at all. You also, why do you want a new identity? You're rich as fuck. You can do whatever you want. Right. Like you can buy the the you know police. You can yeah, buy. You can pay the off any stands. government. Yeah. No. Literally though, like you can do whatever you want. Okay. So they're just dumb. They just went on their little adventure. Yeah. I think they did. Unfortunately, die. How did we all meet? Good question. I don't know. How well, do we finesse this? <laughs> I met Karu a long time ago because I think you helped me with an article. Yes. Oh. Which. By the way, I didn't end up going and getting into, oh. but you know. He's so, like, I held resentment. So Taylor tweeted out, hey, I'm looking for teenagers who are making money online. You know, she ended up covering this guy who does Bitcoin. But, <laughs> but you know, I guess my stuff was cooler too. So I reached out to her. Um, she added me on Discord. I was At the time, I was freaking out. Taylor Lorenz added me on Discord. <laughs> Well, I think because you were international, so that was the only way to yeah, call you. Exactly. Yeah. So I talked to Taylor. She's like, "Ah, oh, okay, this is what you're doing." Well, because I was writing. Yeah, I write a lot about like teenagers and young people making money mm -hmm. on the internet. Um, it's something I'm so interested in. I feel like a significant portion of our economy is like children participating in it. Oh, that right. is weird to think about. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. It's really weird in a way that was never, I mean, that was never the case two decades ago. For like sure. teenagers and, and young people had no economic power. And so, oh. yeah, so I was writing anyway. I got, that's how I originally met you. And then you, you know, exploded on the internet. Right. <laughs> yeah. Viral moment. That was, you know, it was part of the plot. Um, <laughs> it had to be there, guys. Yeah. Taylor Renz not writing about me was part of the plot. <laughs> it had to humble you so that right. you could rise. Right, right. <laughs> 
Well, um, stuff gets cut all the time. I always feel bad because you have to interview like three times as many people as mm. eventually make it in. So. Which is why you might not make the cut on finesse. <laughs> <laughs> you just edit me out of the whole episode. Ben <laughs> Cars- <laughs> we just wanted to put it back on you. To see yeah, this is your revenge that you've been waiting years for. <laughs> um, so we all reconnected at VidCon this year um, at an after party or something like that. And then what party was it? Um, tube filter. Oh yeah, tube filter. So funny enough, okay, two stories. The first story, when I finally met Taylor, we were at a party in WeHo. She's what like, that? wait, oh, oh, wait, wait, no, it was, was it one of Waleed's Yes, thing? it was one of Waleed's yes, Waleed? yes. Okay, so not me. I'm wearing my most nicest, you know, outfits because I thought this You looked cool. amazing. I, I was, literally put that picture on my grid. I know, literally. Because it was such a good picture. I know. I was like, Cara got to repost my Taylor Renz. I don't post okay. any people on my grid, but <laughs> this picture, I was like, I love this picture. And I'm wearing a mask, obviously, but like, you look so like great. <laughs> and I think I look cool. I don't know. I don't know why, like what compelled me to post it, but I love it. <laughs> so I was, you know, I was like, okay, I'm cool with Taylor Renz. I didn't know I was not cool. <laughs> And the next day, I get DMs, phone calls from different tech bros I haven't heard from in years. Goes, um, how do you know Taylor Rand? <laughs> do you know you just got posted by Taylor Rand? Even like ten percent more Riz that day. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, we're girls like that. You, you had like a know? cool, you had like a cool Gucci jacket. I was excited because we've talked a lot for story. Like, I feel like we've talked a lot, so I was excited to meet you. Yes, I was such just really nice. Taylor fan, I, you know, I replied, I liked her tweets, <laughs> said good takes every now and then, you know. <laughs> good banter. <laughs> yeah. And then um, the second story is we met up in that two filler party. You know, me, always hungry, you know, the vibes. I was like, I, we saw Taylor, we were on the way to book our Uber to go home. And it was $50. And we're like, it's a recession, we don't it's have It's a recession, <laughs> babes. <laughs> and Taylor goes, do you need a ride? Right, you know, angels be really doing stuff like that. And we also convinced her to drive us to McDonald's and then drop us off our hotel. Like, but like, you guys did not get the Grimace shake. Right. Uh, I know. We're you a habit creature. We only get the same thing. Right, exactly, you know. Plus, it wasn't Ube, so like. Have you had Ube before? No. What? what? What is it? Oh, my God, babes. What is it? It's like a potato, but it's a sweet potato. It's a sweet potato. Oh, I it's love like a sweet potato. Of, yeah, so a lot of like Asian culture, like Filipino culture, we eat Indonesia. like sweet potatoes as dessert, but we add condensed milk. It's really good. I'll have so to like, oh. have to, like send you some ube desserts. It's today. so good. Well, I, mean, I have that cookbook of Filipino desserts. And it's literally the front page. Yeah. Oh, oh no way. Really? That purple mm-hmm. thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a grimace color. They yeah. should have made the grimace shake an ube shake. Yeah. Literally. literally such a missed opportunity. God, white people. They should have. You guys should have consulted for them. Right, exactly. You could have missed out. Um, let's talk about some creator business stuff. I know your book talks a lot about it. And um, I had some unique questions for you, Taylor, about, about getting out to business. So the, the topic of this, this, um, this podcast is just finessing it through the recession economy. Just, you know, like we're all going through a broke era sometimes. Uh, Karu, can you relate or are you just too cool? Uh, yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's like uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so with the increased like influence of technology, <laughs> you took a picture and I'm smiling at it. <laughs> She's like purposely like posing. Like no, Taylor knows her angles. Are you like a right side or left side girl, or both sides? I am a right side. I'm breaking out right now, and I actually like was thinking that I should have put concealer on, but I didn't, and I was like, I won't show this. Our sponsor. Uh, <laughs> you look flawless though. 
Um, I know I need one of those like stickers. But um, wait, what were you saying about yeah. the recession? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. <laughs> it's so weird because like usually in our podcast we're not this serious but this is like an actual serious question I have for you let's talk about the economy <laughs> like, usually we talk about like how's your like sex life but no. <laughs> Taylor Renz I think you have a good take on this so uh, with AI and the you know increased um, I've never seen you so serious before I know it's such a serious question stop let me get into it okay okay with the increased usage of AI, layoffs, just lack of brand budgets in the economy, how do you think this is affecting specifically Gen Z if they graduate? You know, like, just tell me about, like, how you see this market uh, and in this economy trans transcending in this past few years. Like, tell us about, like, overall the landscape related to AI and, and Gen Z. Yeah, well, I will say, I mean, this is not related to AI and Gen Z, but I also graduated into a recession. It was the 2008 recession mm. um, when there were no jobs and I was working at a call center and stuff after school. Um, and I think that like actually like being young and, and entering into a recession it sucks because you probably don't make much money, but you do, it's almost freeing that like, you have more creativity or like you can, you have to like really hustle and get creative in how you make mm. money. And I think ultimately, sorry about the noise. I don't know if that's too loud. That's okay. It's, okay. it's pretty good at, um, I think ultimately like, like being young in a recession can just teach you to be really scrappy and that can help you later on in life. Um, the AI stuff is so weird because I feel like we're, we're just entering into the new era, but the AI is not good enough to like truly replace us yet. Like mm. ChatGPT is so bad when I try and use it, even just to like help it. I tried to use it to help write a speech and it was like nonsense. It's too AIE. It just sounds like, a, it sounds like filler words. Yeah, for sure. Um, so. Yeah, it sucked. I tried using it for, I don't personally use AI. You yeah. don't? Come on now. No, I don't. Really? Yeah. I tried using it to. Your LinkedIn post sounds like AI sometimes. <laughs> I tried using it to write my goodbye post on LinkedIn. It just didn't sound like me. And I'm like, it's, I just. It doesn't have any like personality to it. It right. has so many filler words. I think AI is cool in terms of like the video editing tools that are coming mm, along sure. and like the photo editing and stuff. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's, it's like Gen Z is at least more aware of things than I feel like my generation was. Like, I feel like a lot of millennials like just drank the Kool-Aid of capitalism and were like, oh, like it's, I'm just still going to pay my dues and it's going to work out mm. for me. And it's like, no, it's not, that never, you know, like pay your dues as in like go serve some giant corporation right. that's going to There's more options now. There's so many more options. And I think like with these tools, like AI and stuff, like you can build your own kind of businesses and that's cool. But, but what if someone's not business minded? What if someone's like, yeah. like, like, I feel like, for example, like, the only opportunity if, if it's a recession is to, like, you know, either get lucky, get a job, or start a business. What if I'm not leaning towards either? Like, what are the other options? Yeah, I know, right? Like, what is there to do? I mean, I, I think you have to get jobs to pay the bills, and so you might take a job that you wouldn't normally take. But mm -hmm. I think it's, like, at least if you have to view it that way, it's an opportunity to kind of learn about different industries that you might not have pursued. I have a lot of friends that graduated and because we graduated and there's no jobs, they got into totally different industries that they never studied that worked out and they're extremely and they successful. They're like very doing very well oh. and they liked it. So sometimes it can get you out of your comfort zone. Sometimes it's like me and you end up working at a call center and I definitely don't How many years did you work at didn't want to do that. Oh my God, for like a year and a half. Um, <laughs> because I got it, I was she working retail. Home. You know, that's yeah. great. Which is, there was no jobs, and, and I was working yeah. retail and doing food service as well. Really? Like um, Uber Eats? No, that didn't exist so yet. <laughs> what did you do? She's like, girl, what do you mean? 
I did get a job with a messenger service um, for a while, which was just delivering packages. Oh, so you were like the courier? Yeah. Oh and I didn't have a bike. I was just on, I was delivering a lot of, um, you know, they did a lot of work for fashion companies. So I was delivering a lot of like fashion, like garment bags and I would haul them on the subway. It was so Damn. crazy. I was in insane shape though. I have to say. It's like, I feel like New York does that to you though. Like get yeah. snatched. I felt like I was so hot in New York. It, in, in the summer. Yeah. It gets really hot in the summer. No, I mean like hot body wise. Oh, you felt you were so hot in New York. Oh yeah, I know. Well, New York makes you feel like you're the main character always. Oh, for sure. Literally. Until like, you smell like a corner and you're like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love, love New York. York? I love it. It's my hometown. I was born there. I'll definitely die there. Like, I love it. It's a little hard right now. Um, because of the COVID stuff, I'm super immunocompromised. And so I have to be careful about like, not just COVID, but all germs. And New York is a cesspool. so dirty. Literally, oh my God. I was literally getting lunch with my friend. Like, cause I've been there. For, I was there for the past six weeks before VidCon. And I thought my friend was like paying, playing like footsie with me. And I was like, mm, all right, like this is kind of weird. And I was like, what are you doing? Like with your toes? And she was like, what are you talking about? I looked down, it's a fucking rat. It was a rat and I had Birkenstocks on. The rat had been crawling. I literally put my feet and I was like, like about to bleach my feet. Like it was disgusting. <laughs> oh my. How long did you feel the footsie for? For like half the meal. This rat was like eating the crumbs, I guess, of like outdoor dining. I, I was so, I literally stood up and was like, Ugh! like I was freaking, freaking out, freaking out. And that was like, I was like, I gotta get the fuck back to LA. Like this is That was crazy. your awakening moment. Yeah. <laughs> It was disgusting. Was it a girl or boy? What'd you say? Was it a girl or boy? It was a girl. It was my girlfriend who was like, who was so <laughs> chill. Was she playing she was, well, she was just like, why are you freaking out? It, it ran away. I'm like, because it's been <laughs> like on my foot this whole time. <laughs> it was disgusting. Um, I mean, I've seen a lot of gross stuff in New York. One time I woke up in my old apartment. <laughs> mm. I used to live in East Williamsburg. And I woke up and I looked directly to the right because there was a, my bed was against a wall. There was a fucking giant cockroach directly there. Like, I'm talking four <laughs> inches from my face. Anyway, it was, I'm just saying, New York. I have one that will top this story, though. I, um, have you ever been dumpster diving, but not like, not like intentionally? Uh-huh, no. Okay. Well, <laughs> so I think this is a, a, a you thing, Jade. This is a very LA story because it has to do with driving, but I, uh, threw out my trash. My keys were in the same hand as the trash. I accidentally threw my car key and the no. trash at the same time. Uh. But it, the trash was so like low to the ground that the only way to grab it was to jump into the dumpster and no. go dumpster diving. No, this was like only like a few weeks ago, and I literally had to bleach my whole body as well. Ugh. I was like, I need That's to go disgusting. home. That reminds me of like I threw away my retainer in middle school, and my and and I had to like dig through the trash to get it. Oh my god, that I was hate, horrible. I hate digging. Oh, that sounds. But a dumpster is so different than no, like a, a trash can. Oh. Oh my god! No thanks. <laughs> I'm reliving this. You're an LA girl through and through. I love LA. I've always loved. It. I've always. I've almost moved to California a lot. I spend a lot of time here for work because a lot of what I cover is out here. Right. Um, LA tag creator yeah, culture creator world. Well, the LA has has been the center of the creator economy, whatever you want to call it, for like a decade at least. I mean, it's been YouTube is always YouTubers have always sort of flocked out here. I think TikTok has kind of equalized it because there's actually a lot of New York City TikTokers, but mm -hmm. um, and, and TikTok sort of democratized everything. But uh, still, all the management firms are out in LA. Like all this TikTok itself is here. So. You like LA? I love it. Yeah, yeah I love okay. it. I love LA. Everyone loves LA. If you feel like if you go to New York and then you go back to LA, you're like, 
you really appreciate the things that yes it's like ac like ac the, driving the one thing i didn't really <clears throat> the one thing i'm kind of like figuring out is that how do you be healthy in LA? Because in New York, you're forced to walk. You cook. Yeah. Well, it's so funny you say that because my steps in New York were so high. Mm -hmm. And like when I get back here, I'm such a sloth. Mm -hmm. And you have to go out of your way to like walk, which is annoying. Because in New York, you're walking to get places. Yeah. So it's actually like, it's not a waste of time because you're actually getting somewhere. Whereas here, like I always feel like when I go on a walk, I'm wasting time because it's like an hour that I could be mm -hmm. doing something else. Right. So I don't know. You need I'm, to hang out with some Venice bros and they will turn you into a gym rat. Yeah, exactly. Or just like hang out with your surfer friends. Yeah. Okay. I um, got a bike, so I need to start biking more. You like a mountain bike or just a regular bike? Just a regular bike, but like you can bike around the LA river and it's really pretty. The river? Like the, 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 the cement? River, the cement sewer thing with, yeah. Basically. It's like GTA. Yeah, it, is yeah, it <laughs> literally looks like that. I know. Carter has another serious question for oh, you. Let's do it. All right, Taylor. Many Gen Z individuals are drawn to entrepreneurship and influencer Wait, creators. what are you saying? Slow the fuck down, yeah. You're not speaking English on that last sentence. Um. <laughs> Did you hear that? No. Yeah, I didn't understand I what you're saying. No. <laughs> she literally goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Many Gen Z individuals are drawn to entrepreneurship and influencer careers. However, with a slowdown of brand deals in such trade market, what do you envision as the future of influencers and how can they adapt to ensure long-term success? Is it long-term? Good question. Um, I think, I think even if you pursue a career as an influencer and it's ultimately not long-term, you learn so many valuable skills that mm. ultimately help you that it's like a good, I always tell this to parents because parents always, um, parents always email me and they're like, my kid wants to be a influencer, content creator. I'm so, I don't, we worried about that. And it's mm. like, they're going to learn video editing. They're going to learn marketing. They're like, you just learn a lot of, you know, skills, skills, skills. Uh, copywriting, script writing, like that are ultimately really marketable. And I've seen so many generations of content creators like kind of burn out of it or just change them, like change careers. And they all end up being successful. A lot of them mm -hmm. end up being successful in, in different ways. Um, a lot of people burn out and then flame out. And I think it depends on like how you view yourself and are you interested in fame or are you interested in sort of like building a business? And I think people that are mm. really interested in the fame aspect of it, it ends up like they don't end up as successful, I think, because they're, it's sort of more fleeting. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think, I think it's like a worthy career goal. I think a lot of Gen Z people, I guess, and like my sense is that they understand that the systems are broken, yeah. like I was saying before. And, and I think like I sort of felt like that always myself. And I, some millennials did, but a lot of millennials didn't. And mm -hmm. so I feel like I'm like sometimes when I talk to my younger cousins, I'm like, okay, at least they like get it. Like that. They woke like that. That like we're all fucked. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, congrats, my like teen cousins. Like, I'm so glad that you realize the world is a joke. But um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, but it's but it's helpful to be aware about that stuff because you don't get taken advantage of as much. Mm. So it's almost like Gen Z, although we have so many things against us, we have a couple things going for us, like, you know, these digital careers, we have a little bit of this wokeness, a little bit of this more realism, and maybe that will be hopefully helpful us uh, to, to take to the next, you know, stage of our careers. I know, so I'm 22, so everyone in my grade is graduating, and um, it's just funny because it's like, I, I always felt like what I did was, so, so I dropped out of high school to do YouTube at 16. Madeline, who's in the audience, is uh, saw that happen, and I remember like I we wish, have a huge audience right now. We have this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, 
I remember when I dropped out of school, like it was so risky because this was 2017, like YouTube and social media wasn't necessarily pronounced as much. And I remember just feeling like, and even my parents told me like, this is not going to last. You're, you're going to be homeless. But I was so delusional and I believed in myself. And I'm really glad I had that delusion because they were wrong. You know, like the, the influencer career, like who knew it blew up? Like obviously, like I don't blame them for not believing in me initially, but um it's like funny because it's like now that I see a lot of people who want to be influencers, it's different energy. It's like I want to be famous versus you really love the the business behind it. So, or you're really passionate about like a topic and you want to build like a media business around that topic. Exactly. Like, I mean, I always think of like this channel that I watch that fixes bikes of this guy. He's a young guy. Like, you know, he's just like his passion and he's built this whole like company around you know, or like that. Um, what's his name? MKBHD tech YouTuber, the icon. I mean, he's somebody that like clearly loves technology and like built this whole business around that. And so I think it's a great way to like explore your passions. And again, even if you don't end up making it on your own, sometimes you can get a job doing marketing for one of those companies that you love working with or whatever. Um, oh, hundred percent. It definitely like, you know how many brands hire ex influencers or people who make content to help do their marketing department? A hundred percent. Like I've looked at that. So. And also like, I think parents, like people in, I mean, my parents are boomers and I love them, but like, They've tried to talk me out of so many jobs. Like they, they are living in a world that doesn't exist, which is like mm. you get a job and you work somewhere for 35 years and you work your way up from the mailroom or whatever. And it's like, that just doesn't happen almost ever. You can't get start from the mailroom. Yeah, fired. <laughs> That's no what one's, happened. Yeah. And or laid off. You yeah. get laid off and no one gives a shit about you. And, and mm. no, I mean, the number one piece of advice I give to like young people is just like absolutely never have any loyalty to any company ever. <laughs> Because it's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> because a company is always going to act in their self-interest as a corporation. So it's like, and it's one thing if it's like your friend's startup or something, maybe you're going to help out. But like no company, a company will lay you off in a heartbeat if it saves them money. And like people, young people, it's like, my goal is to work for like XYZ company. And I'm like, don't make it your goal to work at a company because that company will, doesn't give a shit about you. Yeah. For real. And it's like these kids who have like phase up. Yeah. <laughs> so just attend a little less company recruiting dinners and just know. But it's fine. Or or go into it and just be like, I'm going to do this as much, you know, this company works for me. I'm getting great opportunity i love this job for now but just never like sacrifice like never sa make sacrifices where it's a power imbalance like make sure that the job is working for you as much as you're working for the mm. job it should be a it should be a two-way thing you should be getting experience you should be learning you should be getting paid really well if you can sometimes you don't get that monetarily but you get like opera yeah or you're networking really hard or whatever so that if you do get laid off it's like whatever you got stuff out of it but it, i see a lot of young people take these jobs where they just get exploited and taken advantage of and no you shouldn't do that hey guys let me just pause this podcast to thank our sponsors fourth wall they're the reasons that we can make this a reality and we can make this podcast even happen. If you're listening to our podcast, you might be a creator. And as a creator, you got to make that bread, right? But selling merch and creating products is difficult. I mean, you have to find the product, connect it to your website. Wait, build a website in the first place. Like, who the fuck knows how to do that? Fourth Wall helps creators power their shops, memberships, and more. At Finesse Podcast, we actually use Fourth Wall, of course. Fourth Wall helps us empower our website with merchandise, memberships, and even shares our content and gives us a website to put everything, all of our content, all in one place. Fourth Wall not only helps you build a beautiful website, but also helps you create beautiful merch from their product catalog. 
Now, fourth wall isn't just a merch platform. It's your brand building bestie, okay? Many creators might start off with the basics like selling merch, but then they might want to sell a candle, a makeup palette. So whether you're selling your first t-shirt or launching a membership, fourth wall has your back on wherever your brand takes you. That's why we're giving away $25 in free sample credits to any creator that signs up before the end of the year. You might be asking, what are sample credits? This is money you can use to buy samples of your merch. So whether you're selling a t-shirt, a mug, a hoodie, you want to make sure that the quality is on par, right? And Fourth Wall is literally giving you $25 of free money to make sure you love your products. Name another brand building platform that offers you that. They've helped me and Jade in so many different ways and we can't thank them enough. For a limited time, we're giving away $25 to anyone that uses our link, fourthwall.com slash finesse. Join Fourthwall, including your other favorite creators like MKBHD, Tiny Meeking, and of course us. If you want to see what Fourthwall has to offer, go to fourthwall.com slash finesse. That's again, fourthwall.com slash finesse. And now, back to the podcast. Let's talk about the Sheen brand trip. The recent Sheen brand trip stirred controversy as influencers were invited to visit the company's manufacturing facility. Oh my god, that was <laughs> Well, let's be clear, they didn't I don't think that was like an actual manufacturing, manufacturing facility. I think they like gave them the like PR, the headquarters. Yeah. Like, so they just office. changed it up? No, no, no. They they brought them to the they said that's where they were making the samples, not mm. the actual clothing. I have no idea. I mean, I didn't I watched a lot of the content, but I don't know obviously like the intricacies of Shan, but I did see one of the journalists that's done a lot of investigative reporting like going after one of the girls and I was like, "Go off." She was like responding to the main girl, like, um, you know, this these allegations of worker abuse are serious, and yeah, um, this is over it. This is not something where you. And she, I love how she like asks the worker. She's like, "I'm an investigative journalist, and I ask the worker if she's happy." And the, and the worker's <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I love it here. It's like <laughs> with the ring light, the with ring like, light at the yeah, with like the woman. Everyone's got their phone on her, and the PR people for Shein are standing right there. It's like, Bruh. yeah, she doesn't want to lose her job. <laughs> She's like, I'm happy. Link twice. Yeah, <laughs> I love Shein. We love Shein. Honestly, though, Shein, Shein throws. I don't know. <laughs> We're gonna say Shein throws a party that um that with Coachella this year, and it was so funny because I don't like I don't support the brand. I was invited from another brand, um, and I didn't know Shein was the main sponsor. You're like, don't cancel me. <laughs> yeah. Like, smile, everyone, and I'm just there in the Shein like freaking up to like. This is like your Jeffrey Epstein photo, <laughs> you know. Like, oh my gosh, why am I getting Why so are you so calls? popular? My God. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, I think that it's, it's like, it's totally different to like attend a party at Coachella versus like travel <laughs> and make corporate propaganda for a week. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what it is. I know. Um, well, speaking How much do you think they got paid for that? I, they, they kept saying that they didn't get paid anything mm. that they, that they only got like all the free accommodations and everything. So maybe they got paid for like meals and accommodations. Even then that's a form of payment. Um, so, well, considering what we were talking about before, the financial pressures, dwindling brand money, do you believe there's a tendency for influencers to prioritize, you know, these partnerships with brands that do these unethical ways of producing money, but they are high profit margin because of that? You know, like, how do you think, you know, we're transcending, like, Shein's just one example. Like, do you think there's going to be more <laughs> cases of brands prioritizing paying their bills versus, you know, ethics and... A hundred percent. I mean, I think this is like the age old struggle of advertising is there's a lot of ghoulish companies that will pay you a lot of money. I mean, there's an entire industry of oil and gas influencers that are working for, yes, yeah, 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 that. that do Exxon like Spawn Con for Exxon. I mean, and are like, 
climate change, is it real? You know, like, <laughs> get your gas stove for 10% off. Um, but Use code. Yeah, I mean, there's you, you can get paid money to do anything, and I think it's up to influencers to build a responsible platform. And I think also, like, that kind of, like, you're taking that money in the short term, but you're ruining your reputation. This is something that celebrities have had to negotiate for decades, you know, mm-hmm. with, brand, with sponsorships, because... Sometimes a celebrity will take on a sponsorship that gets them a lot of flack and bad PR and like hurts their reputation, but it's worth the money, you know? Like, so I think it's just this thing that like anyone that deals with advertising has to think about like, what are my ethics and where do I draw the line? Would I do SponCon for like, you know, the most evil corporations if you just want money? I mean, I think ultimately that's, then you're going to cultivate a fan base of people that don't have a lot of ethics. Right. And they can cancel you. Yeah. They could, they could, they don't have ethics, so they could try to ruin your life. No, it's just like, seriously, I just think like, I think it's a dicey road to go down and we all do things sometimes that like, look, maybe you're, you need the, the money to pay the bills and so you're going to do something that you might not normally, but that's it. There's a big difference between that and like making corporate property. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, so yeah. Um, okay. So the last question in, in this category of influencer culture is talking about OnlyFans. I'm very fascinated by this. I don't know if you saw this. Have, Have you, you guys this? subscribed to o- Taylor's OnlyFans? I got to launch. Stay tuned. I'm going to launch OnlyFans and it's just going to be linked to my book, book. when people get Honestly. it. Slay. Oh my gosh, that'd be so smart. And, like having yeah. people to subscribe and it's just your book. Yeah. It's good. just you and your book. <laughs> it's me like holding the book. Yeah. Um, have you seen the clip of Sky Bree talk about her? Okay, so there's, no. a, sorry, so there's this very popular top OnlyFans uh, creator. Her name's mm-hmm. Sky Bree. And she says recently on a podcast that she regrets, you know, doing this type of content, provocative content, and it's not fulfilling. And I mean, you know, like for me as a creator, that's pretty obvious, but I think it's hard because it's like you're making so much money and like you get to a point where it's unfulfilling. So question is, how do you believe, like, how do you think platforms that have this like rapid monetization, like OnlyFans, impact the mental health of creators? Like, I think everyone wants to make a lot of money, but how how is this like make money really quickly um incentivization kind of affecting just yeah i don't think it's unique to OnlyFans. i'm writing about a different platform actually now that anybody can go on there and people can pay you money to do challenges and do like kind of sometimes dangerous or painful things um and i think it's just again feeds into this thing of like what will people do for money and how are you willing to kind of go? Um, and sometimes people go too far on OnlyFans. Some people have amazing, fulfilling careers on OnlyFans, and it's totally great. Some people regret. Some, some people make content on YouTube that they ultimately really regret. Like, I've talked to mm. people. I mean, Al Mills has talked a little bit about this with, like, prank YouTube stuff. But, like... <laughs> I'd be embarrassed, too. <laughs> I mean, like, just... But you end up doing a lot of stuff that you look back on, and you're like, oh, like, I didn't need to do that, maybe. Um And I think it's really hard. I think that's why you have to go into this with such a strong sense of self. And you have to know, like, what are my boundaries? And also just give, be forgiving of yourself, too. Because it's like, no matter what, the older you get, the more you look back on your younger self. And you're like, what was I thinking? Because you're young, you know? You haven't learned any lessons yet. So, like, sometimes you have to learn those lessons. And, like, I think people can be really hard on themselves. And it's like 
doing OnlyFans is is not like the end of the world, right. you know. Like Taylor's out here for the gems, only for the gems. <laughs> I mean, I like that perspective a lot. I mean, I guess like in general, like, do you think we're glamorizing? Like, so obviously, like, there's so commodifying many, yourself in invasive commodi- ways. Yes, exactly. Yes, I think we are all pressured. I literally say this in my book, but like, we are all pressured to commodify ourselves and our lives in incredibly invasive ways, and I think that is the consequence of social media. And I think you have to be extremely strong to not do that because the money is good and you get you rewards and you get clout and you get attention and it's so hard to like not do those things we all are weak sometimes we're gonna do those things sometimes we gotta do it just to you know get to whatever we're trying to get to but um but I think it's hard and these tech companies are gonna just I mean they will take everything from you they will milk you for every dollar that you can you know earn for them so yeah, it's hard. I think it's a tough time. We still love with, you, Instagram. And t- <laughs> <laughs> with that, pre-order Taylor's book. Uh, <laughs> no, but seriously. <laughs> really? Uh, you guys pre-order. <laughs> well, Taylor, I am just like wowed by your personality. You're super fun. Um, charisma, right? You have such great charisma. I, I know, like this, right? Sometimes it doesn't translate on maybe written, but like it translates so well. And it, it feels so different getting to see Taylor yeah. in this side. You know, it's not other people's story. It's Taylor's. <laughs> um, we have a few more questions just as this last segment. That's, about, that should be her autobiography. What? It's just, it's it's not your story, it's Taylor's. Oh, oh my autobiography? Literally. I have a lot of <laughs> stuff that I would put in my memoir when I'm old. She's not old. Well, when I'm like 60 and retired. Right yeah. now, I still got to work. I can't no, burn everyone. you're 47. So oh, yeah. You <laughs> can start now, Taylor. Um, so a few questions about some juicy, juicy tea because this podcast is called Finessed. And, you know, you talked about, like, working at a call center. I already can sense that you probably finessed a few things in your earlier career. <laughs> but what is your biggest, biggest finesse moment? Ooh. Oh, my God. This is such a good question. What is my biggest finesse moment? Sneaking into something, grabbing. I snuck into so many things when I was younger. Um, because you got to, you know. Right. Um, like calling an editor nonstop until he published something like oh like well one thing i did to get it i got an internship at harper's bazaar magazine and i got that internship by emailing every single person like i i found out the email format for condé or for condé nast and hearst and i emailed every single editor and i relentlessly like to an insane degree like you follow up follow up follow up like yeah like eight or ten times for each person i mean i sent thousands of emails collectively i was crazy about getting internships i had nine internships and I and and worked on top of every single one because I had to pay for my own life New in York. New York. Yeah. My God. Wait, yeah. Now I'll never working. feel bad about emailing like ten brands and getting rejected. No, you just have to do it because all you need is one person to say yes. Good yes. sales. I, I sold windows door to door in college and window replacements. Um, and one thing I learned about that is like in sales, like you just have to be shameless because the one person's going to say yes. And if you come at it from like a friendly way and not an annoying way, like. People might get annoyed, but then you can just kind of release attention and be like, I know, I'm so crazy. But anyway, now that I have you. <laughs> no, it's so real. Taylor's, what's, what Taylor's saying is so real. I remember like now I'm working with my brands. I would remember LinkedIn messaging them and now we're working together. And like, do you remember my LinkedIn message that you ghosted me for? But that's fine. It's like, you got to do that. You just got to keep trying and put yourself out there in an earnest way. And like, it's the only, th- this is the thing I realized. I grew up in this town where there was a lot of, nepotism um it's this town in connecticut where there's just a lot of rich people in nepotism and i saw a lot of extremely undeserving people get opportunities constantly because Mm -hmm. of their family connections and wealth and it just was every time i feel underqualified for something i'm like 
I'm more qualified than the nepotism people in this industry. And like, there's a lot of nepotism around. Oh, for sure. So she really said she's not Rory Gilmore. Well, no, I wish, but I'm just saying like, you know, I think a lot of people have imposter syndrome, mm. especially in media. When I got to the New York times, like, but, you know, these people would be like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm working here. And I'm like, do you know how many people work here that just got here because they went to the right schools mm. or like, you know, had the right parents? Like we actually worked to get yeah. here. Do you know what I mean? So like, I just have, that always gives me confidence that I'm better than those people. So Wait, I love that. You have to be delusional that you're the best, honestly. Or <laughs> <laughs> not the best, but just better than like those people. There's yeah. always work ethic you put There's in people that, that get handed stuff in every industry and those people will never work as hard. Those people will never be as talented. I mean, I guess like Ronan Farrow is a nepotism kid and he's a phenomenal journalist, but and he's the exception to the rule. Do you think people think you got everything handed to you? People always, anytime you get success, this is something that actually an extremely successful woman told me when I was an intern. Mm. Um, that everyone hate shits on you when you're young or like when you're starting out or trying to do anything, like people shit on you, people shit on me for years. Um, and then as soon as you're successful, people will say you, everything is handed to you. And, and that's, that's true for every, for, for pretty much every industry. And sometimes look, sometimes the people that got success, they did get it handed to them. I certainly did not get a thing, you know, in media, I don't. I didn't have connections in media. I worked very hard to make those connections through she the internet. Them. She emailed. I mean, yeah, but like <laughs> hey, you got to do I, it. I emailed Taylor. Yeah, and you got to show up at parties and show up at events. It's just like networking and stuff. And obviously, I have an enormous amount of privilege because I'm like, you know, attractive, like you know, Beautiful. young, Hot. like white woman. <laughs> but um, so it's not. You know, people don't have equal opportunities, and I'm like, you know, enormously privileged in so many ways. But. Um, but I think still, no matter what, um, you have a better chance of success if you, if you just kind of are realistic about the yeah. landscape. People thought I was a Nepo baby and I'm like, I wish, I know. like, are you kidding me? But it also just diminishes everything that I've done. So I get really upset and I'm just like, I will show you my bank account when I was 16. Like, oh my. Well, thank God I've never been told I was a Nepo baby. You beat the Nepo baby allegations. Like like, <laughs> literally, Caru is just like, Caru will clap back at you. He, he will he will stand up for him, you know, self. So I love that about you. I know. I'm, I'm a little shameless. I'm way too shameless He's for my really, own. Like, Caru mm -hmm. will like literally follow up un until like someone will throw up, you know But I mean? you have to do that. that. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. That's why I'm a journalist because journalists are like the like, most annoying me, people possible. Like Me talking to Taylor and trying to set some time up. I'm so annoying. I'm so annoyingly on time. No, you're not. Well, you, well, you are on time, which I'm never on time unfortunately but um but no I think yeah I think it's just it's hard it's really hard and I think connections help everything and, and you can build your own connections by putting yourself out there as much as possible accountability is everything in this industry but I'm not trying to do, be like a hustle culture person either because hustle, <laughs> hustle culture is bullshit but like yeah. I'm just saying don't don't underestimate yourself because there's a lot of untalented rich people around that got everything handed to them <laughs> turning the uno card real quick yeah. has anyone tried to finesse you Oh my god! All the time. Like these people, I'm these a journalist. In my living room. No, people <laughs> lie. Try to get. I did a story. I did a story years ago at the Daily Beast about this guy who lied. He was lying about being a teenager, and I was interviewing this guy. And I'm like, this man is not a teenager. <laughs> like he's just not. And he was not. And I wrote, I ended up writing a story about how he had lied about being a teenager. He was like trying to say that he was like a teen app savant and he was actually in his twenties. I was like, you're in your twenties. Like you're not old. Like, I don't know why you're, oh my God. but I think there's this pressure, which I actually feel so bad for Gen Z people because it's like, 
there's this like Forbes 30 under 30, yes. like be successful while you're young. Like the, the bar is set so high for young people yeah. these days. It's crazy. It's like crazy. Cause like we were doing at VidCon, we we're talking about, you know, what are we going to do when we're 30? And someone actually came on stage was like, like, how do you feel about growing up? And like, it scares the shit out of us. It scares me. Oh my but God. I, I don't want to be old. You know, don't I, worry. The older you get, the more I'm like, whatever. It's actually great. Yeah. No, that's for <laughs> everyone that I look up to that is older than me always says like your thirties are great. Um, do you not know the saying? Your teenager years are for working, your 20s are for something, and then your 30s are for resting or something like that. Yeah, that good. I'm waiting to rest. It's just like, your 30s are for working. No, your, your, oh, your 20s are for uh, working, your 30s are for resting. All right, I'm trying to get to the resting. So. Oh, no, no, I think it's... it's resting? Your, you can't <laughs> rest, you gotta work your ass off. Oh, yeah, you just got a family, though. Yeah. So what is it? I don't know. I saw it at some show. <laughs> that sounds like something a 20-year-old wrote. That's like, yeah, I'm going to rest when I'm 30. It's like, yeah, good luck. You're going to be, you got to pay for health care, my friend. My friend. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. And that's why, don't lie to journalists. <laughs> no, but seriously, people do lie blatantly all the time. And I'm so shocked that they do that to a journalist. I'm 18. <laughs> I'm 19. Yeah, she is, though. You actually are. I know. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Baby. He's such a baby, but he's so successful. It's crazy. Um, okay. Last two questions. What is something you just wish people knew more about you? Oh my God. Um, Turning the camera to to Taylor. Um, I don't know. I have a sense of humor about things. Like people have an entirely, uh, there's a lot of people that only know me from like these, like Fox News or like billionaires getting mad at me. (laughs) And like they know this like weird caricature of me that's just not based in reality. And it's really funny when people think that like, I'm a very like sarcastic, like self-aware person You're in funny. a lot of ways. She is but so like, funny. but but if you saw me out this like version of me online, you'd be like, think I'm very different. So I don't know. I just, I don't know. I guess yeah, that I like. I'm also just. I have a lot more. Um, I think power, I have, babes, power. No, I think <laughs> I have a lot more like sense of nuance. Like people always, especially like the right wing media, like they're always like, oh, you know, she's this like woke scold or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I have my values and I believe in like trans rights and LGBTQ rights and like obviously like progressive things. Slay. Yes. But like, I'm not like the person that's out on Twitter, like leading the charge against someone ever. Like I'm just more like, you know, like maybe quietly. Like, yeah. But, um, so it's just kind of, and I guess my stories are pretty aggressive in terms of like the stuff that I write about and defend, but, um, but I don't know. It's like this weird version of yourself. They always want to make like sort of progressive people sound like that, though. That like it's so crazy that like it's women so want equal it's rights. Oh my god! Though. Whenever I'm around parties with Taylor, everybody's scared. Well, they're scared because there's a journalist there, maybe, and they think yeah. That, like, I'm and there's always them. like these like t- you know uh, staff. Um, <laughs> they're just like a little bit more worried when you're around. The ground shakes. Yeah, yeah, no, well, the bit. comms people are always, like, if you walk into, <laughs> when I walked into the TikTok lounge and I was like, I asked the PR people, I'm like, why is your COO stepping down? And they're like, ah, we don't want to talk about that right now here at this event. Um, did you get the tea or no? I did get the tea. Oh, <laughs> I get the tea. Literally, this is why I can never lie in, t- in front of Taylor Lorraine. <laughs> she will get the tea. Do you feel like those comments, though, about you get to you or you're pretty good? It used to get to me so badly. In 2020, I had like, I think it's because like we were all kind of like locked inside and like I didn't have a lot of social interaction and I was getting so much attention from Tucker Carlson specifically. He was doing all these segments about me. The white guy? Do you know who Tucker Carlson is? From CNN? Yeah, no, from Fox News. Oh, Fox News. He was fired, RIP. Oh, oh, Oh. him. Oh, yes. 
Um, he's horrible. Anyway, he was he was going off on me, and it was, I it was really it was really hard to like overnight kind of like be thrown into this like political sphere because most of this work that I do is on the content Internet. creator world. Yeah, it's not like why are you thrown into this it's world? So I think it's because they desperately want online influence. Like they want online influence mm. more than anyone else. And a lot of my stories are about like LGBTQ creators. Like I profiled, you know, like the biggest trans Twitch streamer, things like that that make them really angry. Uh, um and sometimes I report on political stuff too. I've written a lot of like stories about sort of influence in politics. Right. So um but it was really hard, like, in 2020, I think, because I didn't have as much social interaction, and I was, like, spiraling a little bit and having a harder time. Now I think it's funny, and I don't care. Really? <laughs> now it's, like, Fox News did two segments on me this past week, and they're so funny. Like, and in one of them, Jesse Waters, who's Tucker's replacement, is, like, ranting about me, and he's like, every time we do a segment on her, she's so annoying, and <laughs> and I'm like... You can stop at any time. You guys are talking about me, like, for no reason. For no reason. Like, you're just triggering yourselves and getting so upset about me. I don't even, I've never even acknowledged you. Like, Damn, they're, they're obsessed. They're my biggest hate watchers. Pre-order my book, though, Foxy. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the hate watchers should just to pre-order book so they know more about you. I know. My, my, my friend was telling me, my friend works in PR, and he's, like, a PR mastermind for all this, like, viral stuff. And he's like, you need to drop some Easter eggs in there to trigger them, but I was like, no, I, it's my book. It's like my legacy. I don't want to do that. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a little bit hard, but then I don't know. I mean, LA is a good place. Cause I think everyone here has haters. Well, yeah. And like, also just like understands that like public perception of someone is not always how they are. So true. So true. When I first met Cario, I thought he was so put together. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a mess. <laughs> you know, it takes a while for this to happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. I think people in. I think people in the public eye and like in the content creator world really understand for that. Sure. They probably love you. They're like Taylor gets so much shit. I I vibe with that. Like yeah. I yeah. Unless it's the Jake Paulers, they hate me. The Jake Paulers hate you. Oh my god. The Jake Paulers doxed me and like harass my family members they're so mad because i wrote about all the bad stuff that happened in the team 10 house the sexual assault stuff i mean as you should pre-order book pre-order the book <laughs> um yeah i mean i've reported critically on certain content creators and their fans get really mad but oh, i, I guess territory. i guess they're just it's the army pewdiepie made a video about me but i saw recently that it was taken down <gasps> what? Mm. why i don't know <laughs> Someone but his team. fans were really on me. They were really mad at me when he he, he was he was kind of a, he was kind of joking. But um, I like PewDiePie actually. Like I don't have a problem. I, I don't yeah, know. Like he's I'm pretty no, harmless. He's pretty. He's just doing his thing in England. But um, <laughs> uh, Japan actually, babes. Is he in Japan now? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. Well, good for him. Why did he move to Japan? He loves Japan. White people. <laughs> I know white men love Japan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, like. <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't know. But anyway, sometimes influencers, you know, you, I don't do only positive stories. Like if there's something to be written about, I'll write that. But I try not to. Do you to like hold your breath when it launches? Like you do, you know it's going to get backlash. Like are you like. When I revealed the woman behind libs of TikTok, um, that who's this woman who was, um, you know, getting trans people fired and harassed. She's a right wing influencer. I knew that it was going to be bad. Like I knew that like her fans were going to really harass I me. Mean, it's more like my family members that I feel bad That's for, awful. Yeah. but, um, but my family's so supportive. They're like, yeah, fuck that lady. Like, okay. you know, like, Wait, she, so why is she still on TikTok? She's, she got banned from TikTok. So oh, she has yeah. a hugely influential Twitter and Instagram. She, she launches hate campaigns against LGBTQ people. And she was, um, informing the anti 
trans legislation in um, Florida. And his, she was at the January 6th insurrection. She was attacking OC, right? Attacking what? AOC. Oh, yeah, AOC. Yeah, she's, I mean, she's super right-wing, far like extremely far-right um, woman with a lot of power. And she was, she she was, you know, she but she would go on Tucker Carlson anonymously and all this stuff. And I felt like she's a public figure. She's, in, she's influencing legislation. She's got millions of followers. Damn, what the heck? I'm going to write about her. And I don't regret that at all for a second. And, um... You know, so the stories like that, I'm like, okay, get mad at me and hate me, but I'm I don't regret doing right. that story at all. And that comes from having a strong willing, like a strong, you know, moral conviction. Values. Like, where do you get that? Is that right. just, you know from something you had since you're young? Like, how did that? Start? Yeah, I think my parents raised me with like a very strong moral compass, That's good. and I Love just that. have that. <laughs> God, pre-order her book. Lorenz <laughs> <laughs> is an icon and a legend. You really are. I mean, like, honestly, like, from getting to know, you know, I've seen your work. I've seen um, all the stuff, you know, circling around. But it's just so different because you're, like, all, like she's literally, guys, like, how could you hate her? She's just so down to earth. so oh sweet, God. guys. Hype me up. Like, any, any, I love this podcast. McDonald's at, like, Because honestly, McDonald's really just <laughs> <laughs> like, We didn't want to pay $50. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... No, she bribed us. You guys are nice. Um, I feel so lucky to get, have a job that I love. And I've, I, I mean, when I started as a blogger, um, I mean, people were horrible to me. For my first five years, people were just... Like, how dare she call herself a tech reporter? She's writing about it, cat. You, they used to be like, she loves to write about cat videos because I wrote about YouTubers. and Nine pe- cat? People used to think of YouTube as like, the way that they talk about TikTok as like a dance app. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. people just, just write games. things off that that young people care about, especially young women. And, um, you know, that sucks. And now I've been vindicated, so I'm all good. So I think this is the last question, and maybe it's an additional question. How do you feel that you've helped so many people's careers? Indirectly. Oh, I don't know. I I feel really lucky to be able to to write the stories that I write. And my favorite thing is when I've inspired people to like, sometimes people have come up to me and been like, I read a story that you wrote for the New York Times or something. And it's changed my life. Like I was inspired by that story to launch my business or I did X, Y, Z because of that. And that's just so cool. I, I think like the best part about being a journalist is sort of helping people see the world in a certain way or revealing things about the world to other people. And I just, it's such a, I feel so lucky to be able to do that. Do you know that, like, do you feel like you've made it? Like, do you feel like you've- No, I don't feel like it. I feel like- I It's feel the like imposter syndrome. It, <laughs> well, also it's like, I mean, it's so hard. Cause like for us, like millennial journalists, it's like we entered into the industry when digital media was coming up. So there was like the Buzzfeeds and the Mashables and stuff. And I wrote for all those sites. Those are the sites that like gave me a career. Cause they were the only one, the New York times, right. they would never, they didn't give a shit about the internet, you right. know, when I started out. And so, um, I don't know if, you know, a lot of legacy places still struggle in that area. And, um, so, but the salaries and like the stuff, like, I mean, journalism used to be this like profitable industry where like you could have a really long career and it's just not that way anymore. Wow. Like every, I mean, even the I, Pulitzer prize winners are getting laid off constantly. Damn. So, um, well, I wouldn't say constantly, there's not that many of them, but well, <laughs> a lot of that, you know, Pulitzer prize winners have been, some of the best journalists I know have been laid off multiple times. And these are people that I mean, I'm writing about influencers. There's people that are like exposing state secrets and getting people out of jail. And like my friend, Billy Binion, who reports on criminal justice, like one of the best criminal justice reporters and, you know, literally like is getting people out of jail. And, and it just sucks that, that, um, we're in this like economy that doesn't value that and doesn't allow for those business, like these businesses to exist. So, um, 
you know, you're never going to be a millionaire being a journalist, but I love it. And you might be a millionaire being a journalist with Caro. <laughs> with Caro. Caro's Literally. like, let me get in. When Caro gets me the Shein uh, brand <laughs> brand money. <laughs> He's like, I have a deal for you. You might not like it. But you want money. <laughs> oh, change your life. <laughs> I love when I got doxxed in 2020 and they found my actual apartment that I was living in back then. And it was so funny because I was reading this thread and they quickly decided that it was too shitty that they were like, oh no, she's so successful. She doesn't live in this shithole. And so they determined that I live in this $6 million house behind behind where I actually <laughs> live. And they were like sending pizza boxes to it. <laughs> and I was like, no. <laughs> it's really funny. Oh, but the God. comments, I was like, this is so humbling. They're like, no, she doesn't live there. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I was like, I do. Oh my God. But it's good. I'm I'm so lucky and I feel so lucky I to be in, in journalism. It's the best job. I hope more young people pursue it. I love young independent journalist you'd be a good journalist because you're out there you put yourself you're very good you're so at annoying I'm too. You're like, so and you annoying. get yourself in the room you're i mean i, I, I love gossip i love tea yeah, if you if you ever need a guest reporter well got journalists no one loves gossip like journalists i mean that's like the whole job is like learning gossip gossip car you could finally monetize your passion i know right yeah <laughs> all right with that taylor lorenz Anything you want to shout out? Pre-order my book. <laughs> Seriously. Book pre-orders are like the only thing that matters because once the book launches, those sales don't really count towards the list. So if you want to get on a bestseller list, like pre-orders are the only thing that counts. So if you think you might buy it, just pre-order it. If you send us a DM pre-ordering Taylor Run's book. We'll send you a finesse hoodie. Right. <gasps> oh my God. Okay. We, we also have a finesse hoodie for you. Right. Oh, I'm so psyched. And, um... To check out her YouTube as well. Oh yeah, I have a YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm helping you with your PR. <laughs> oh my god, help me! I my YouTube channel is so embarrassing right now. I I I started posting videos more on it. Um, it's just Taylor Lorenz on YouTube. I post like stuff like on my TikTok, love, but I'm going to be posting longer videos on there about tech and internet stuff. So. Sure, great. We love it. <laughs> Thank you, Taylor. Thank you. We love you, Taylor. Thanks and for guys, me. this has been finesse. <laughs> Hello. Hey guys. So thank you for so. Hello. All right. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast with Taylor Lorenz, but wait, there's more. So here's the deal, guys. We are a small business podcast, right? We need your support in every shape and form. So I haven't asked this in a while, but if you guys could leave a five-star review on wherever you're listening to, my heart would actually explode. Um, or I would give you my firstborn child. Whatever means more to you guys. Leaving a five-star review could be simple as just hitting a five-star, leaving a little comment, leaving a little feedback, and just tell us your thoughts on the pod. Our goal when me and Kari started this podcast was to encourage people to finesse it do things even when you're not ready. So I hope you're getting something out of this podcast, especially with Taylor. It's been such an honor to be here with you guys. And it's insane to say this, but we're almost done with season one of Finesse. So there's not going to be too many episodes left. I think this is actually the second to last one of our season. So please, please, please give us support engagement on social media because that will help us renew to season two. Okay. So we're asking a huge favor here, but I know you guys will pull through. And if you haven't already, make sure you check out our website, finestpod.com. We have our memberships. So if you want to see a full video version of our podcast, you can check that out. We also have exclusive content for our Finest members and of course our brand new merch. All right, pick up a Finest hoodie. If you're a part of the community, you better do it. And I will see you guys in our next episode. I love you. Bye-bye.